welcome to Checked Out. We're broadcasting from Euclid Public Library in beautiful Euclid, Ohio. I'm Casey Armstrong, Director of the Library. And I'm Jean Robinson, the Multimedia and Communications Specialist. We talk about our favorite books, movies, services, and events with our favorite people in our favorite community. Each podcast features a theme. Today, we're talking about poetry with a 17-year-old senior honors student from right here in Euclid. Diamond Horton won the Census Community Art Contest in 2020, and you can see a video of her poem on Euclid Public Library's YouTube channel. Recently, she published an anthology of poetry and speaks about mental health and social injustice in an effort to unite the community. We are thrilled to welcome Diamond and her mother, Darlene Pollard, to Checked Out. Hello, ladies. Hi, good afternoon. Let's start with you, Darlene. Tell us about Diamond's journey growing up and when did you notice her writing talent and what did you do to help encourage it? I'll probably start with just saying Diamond has always had a love for words. As a little girl, um, Diamond actually could speak before she could walk. And when I say speak, I mean in full sentences. I was the mom who read to her while she was a baby. And so, like I said, she always kind of had a passion for words. And as she grew older, um, she kind of wrote little short stories, poems, and that type of thing. Um, And then when she got to around fifth grade, we had um, a lot of transitions um, in our lives. Um, For example, I got divorced. We went from a family of eight to a family of just three, myself and Josiah, uh, Diamond and my youngest son. We moved to a new home. Diamond went to a new school. Um, I think with all of that, she really had a hard time processing her feelings, dealing with those transitions. And as a result, one of the coping skills that she learned in therapy was journaling. And it kind of just snowballed from there. Her journal entries um, were so intriguing. She kind of turned them into poems. And I think after the first time she shared one of her poems, there was just this spark So that is pretty impressive. And Diamond, congratulations to you on the launching of your first book. So tell us some of your earliest memories writing and why was it important for you to start with the book of poetry? My friends and I were having a rap battle at recess. It was just, you know, immature kid stuff. And I wrote a rap about me. It won the battle. It was really immature. I don't want to share it, but... From there, I was just like, I can do this. Like, I think I'm pretty good at this. The first poem I wrote in eighth grade, like when I was serious about, I wrote in eighth grade, shared with my parents, and then I shared it with some teachers, and then I shared it with the whole school, and that's kind of spiraled from there. So your book is called When Diamond Speaks, which is a great title, I might add. When you started writing it, did you find there were some challenges to it? And also, did you put some raps in it as well? There are two of the poems in the book that are also in rap songs. It's Attacking Anxiety is one, and then the other one is about, it's called Trapped, about sex trafficking. The poem is in a rap song. When we first decided to put my poems in a book, we had to choose a date to release it and we thought it was kind of soon like it was in July or in June we were like November so it seemed like we would have to cram it all together but it worked out well we released on our date what was it like to be an author 
Um, surreal still. I'm 17. I have a published book. It's really weird to just say to people like that because it's things like that that feel unimaginable. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, that wasn't that crazy to accomplish. So that was definitely not insurmountable. Like you said about the challenges that um, came with publishing, there were the things that we thought were going to be monumental, like, oh, man making sure the editing is correct and making sure that it's really correct and all of that in the formatting. But then when we got down to it, it was like, well, how about considering what picture is going to be on the front? With working with the publishing company and working through those one step at a time, I think that made it a lot easier. Well, Darlene, um, you are the mom of two, one of which is a senior and a new author. How do you help her manage that? I understand that not only is she a senior, she's on a bowling team. You have a part-time job. Um, so give us a little bit more background of what are you doing as a parent to help support her? And what advice would you give to other parents if their children are interested in publishing? I've always been very, very encouraging. Early in her high school career, when everyone was taking a break or going to school online for COVID, I pulled Diamond from the public school and I put her into an online public school where instead of getting those six credits, she got eight and a half her first year in high school. And so at that time, she probably felt like, oh, mom, you're just really, you know, you're pushing me and all of this. Even when she started sharing her poetry, I remember saying to Diamond, you have to practice. You have to practice. If you want to present this to people, you have to practice. And she hated practicing, right? I've never accepted the role momager. Like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm just mom. <laughs> Kind of is tough in those moments where you have to consider, you know, continue saying the same things. You know what? Your stage presence is just as important as your pen. You know, you wrote it, but when you want to perform it, you really got to show where your heart is. And so after going to school in that um, that ninth grade year online and returning to the public school, now she sees that she finished all of her high school curriculum last year. She, You said she's working a full-time job and in school. She actually is in uh, Tri-C right now. She has no... Um, high school classes. She works two jobs. And the one of them, I just finally got her to put in her notice because I thought maybe it was a bit much. But once she got to the place of understanding that what I was doing was encouraging, and even though my pushing was persistent, maybe even a little nagging, she understands now that it was for her own good. I would always say to parents, be persistent, you know, be consistent, follow through on the things that you say you're going to do so that your kids understand what's important. And I'll even say that is mirrored in my youngest son. He's 10 now. He just turned 10 the other day, but he has an understanding of how important academics are. They get what it means to love reading, to, to be ambitious. So even when it's hard, you know, in the process, when they get to the other side and they see that, when she saw that published book, she was just like, whoa, I can't believe I did this, you know? So it pays off. Well, we would like to see how it paid off. Diamond, could you share one of your poems with us? I can. You can do the Mother's Day one. Oh, now you might have me in tears. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this one, Darlene. Okay. A mother <laughs> would request the Mother's Day. <laughs> I'm going to share the poem I wrote for Mother's Day in 2021. I was still kind of young then, so I got to update this one. So it says, shout out to the mothers, all of them, no exceptions. Got a harder job than others, no question. They work at work during the day and work at home during the night. 
they got to make sure they get paid so the kids can eat right. They get money to spend it on kids' wants and needs. So when she says she loves you, she meant it. Think about all her motherly deeds. When you went outside as a kid and scraped your arm or your knee, how she cleaned out your scar and then wrapped it with a Band-Aid, or when she taught you how to drive a car or share it with you her lemonade. See, I bet that made you smile because it brought up a memory. So go make your mom smile. Remind her of that imagery. Give something back to her because she gave life to you and appreciate her. From her point of view, you're a blessing to her life, something to give her all to. Even when you guys fight, she still loves you. Show her you love her today and all days. And if your mom's no longer here, still celebrate the years that you had with her and all the good times that occurred. She's looking down on you and smiling at the miracle she raised. With God, she's flying, and with you, she's amazed. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. We probably shouldn't have gone with that. Now I'm a little teary-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> that was really beautiful, Diamond. <laughs> Please don't update it. <laughs> really, thank you for sharing that poem, Diamond. It's, it's really beautiful. Besides your mom, who else inspired your poetry? Did you have any authors that you grew up reading, such as uh, Jacqueline Woodson or Saeed Jones, or even an older poet like Langston Hughes? So I went to Caramel House for a workshop when I was younger, where they display a lot of Langston Hughes you know, poetry, his works. Also, there's a local poet named Chris Webb. He's from Cleveland, but he's, you know, international now. He was really inspiring. I used to watch his videos and be like, I want to be like that. So I would say those two inspired me a lot. I love Chris Webb. He grew up um, in my church. We, he was just like young man, him and my son, Brandon, very good friends growing up. Oh, so here. Always, we always uh, witnessed his ministry at the like, what was it, the Poets in Autumn tour? That's when I first encountered him. And then um, just a few years ago, Diamond got to open for him at an event. Oh, that's outstanding. So cool. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> wow, that's wonderful. What has been the response to your book from family and friends? All my family's really excited. They're really proud. Everyone here is buying the book immediately, bought pre-orders before the book even came out. And then all the family we have like in other states are like, how can I get a book? How can I get a book shipped to me? I want to, I want a signed book. I want it. So they're really encouraging me, you know, excited about what I'm doing, trying to support. There's a lot of families who, so even in our own family, we have um, cousins who live in Texas that um, my cousin, he has a four-year-old daughter. And he said, please send us a copy of the book and a t-shirt um, for our daughter. She's still working on her letters and numbers now, but in a few years, she's really gonna appreciate that one of her blood relatives is a published author, a little black girl just like her. And that warmed my heart. I'm glad you mentioned your four-year-old great cousin because there is a myth that young people don't like to read. So what is your advice for children? Both of you all can share. What is your advice for children and teens to connect with reading and especially poetry? For me with reading, I realized younger that I liked realistic fiction. I was probably in like third grade when I was like, I like these kind of books. So I found the whole series of one book and then a whole series of another. They were all realistic fiction. That was my favorite genre. I would say that's what you have to do when you're younger, like, a, you know, grade school, preteen, teen. You just got to find something you like. Sometimes our teachers give us books to read. That's not the genre we like at all. But you just gotta, you know, find 
interest in it so you can get it done if it's a school project. But otherwise, just find a genre you like for poetry. I would go on YouTube and find a series of poets that wrote all about the same thing or all in the same age group. Just find stuff that I like to read or listen to and keep my interest in it. I would just say read, read, (laughs) read. My dad, we make fun of it all the time. (laughs) He has this saying, he's been saying it since I was a little girl. He would say, read, and you can unlock the magic. (laughs) For young people and for parents, if we just start early, just start as their little bitty people, helping them understand how important it is and how fun it can be. I mean, think about how explorative you can really be through a book. Yeah, I love the idea of poetry because it's expressive. And a lot of times, young people, you might not be able to get them to sit down and read a poem in a book, but I bet you can get them to listen to a song. And what is music? Yeah. But poetry, right? So um, a lot of times, I just, I just try to get them started early with the creativity portion of poetry and reading and then just the necessity and the importance you know it's so hard to get our kids now to put down the game and pick up a book but you know there's nothing wrong with those screen time limitations on your phone and you know my my kids always carried a book with them in their book bag wherever they went whenever even when they were kids you know you have a diaper, diaper bag there's their diaper bag there's their favorite books you know <laughs> always make it of importance Now, Diamond, in addition to reading and writing, I understand you live a very busy life, that you are on a bowling team, you have a job, and you're getting ready for graduation. How do you balance all of those activities with your new writing career? I keep a calendar on my phone. Every time I have to add something to it, I go in and add it immediately. I just got to make sure I have time. I make time for myself. You know, I have work these hours, give myself a break, work on my book these hours, bowling these hours. You know, I make a weekly to-do list. A lot of people my age do not make it. They look at me crazy when I'm making my to-do list on Sundays for the week. Determined to get it all done by the time I graduate. I want to graduate with my associates. That's what I'm trying to do right now. But I also need money, so I have to work. (laughs) And bowling, I like bowling. I want to be a part of something, be a part of a team. So I just got to balance it. So you always make room for the things you really want in your life. Yeah, exactly. So Diamond, you will be at Euclid Public Library on Saturday, January 20th at 1.30 p.m. where we will do your official author launch. The Euclid Public <laughs> Library is so proud to host Euclid's own <laughs> and her Thank first you. book. Tell us what can participants see when they come in and uh to the event on saturday january 20th probably gonna share something out of my favorite category i might share something that's not in the book that's new because i've been working on new pieces so maybe something in the book and something outside the book probably signing books selling books and i'll have my t-shirts with me so one of my models that i've been saying since eighth grade is breaking statistics and destroying stereotypes so since I released the book, I've been selling shirts that say it. <laughs> so I'll probably have some of those at the book talk too. So Diamond, can you tell us how people can purchase your book? You can purchase it on Amazon at When Diamond Speaks, D-Y-M-O-N-D. You can also purchase it um, through the Payhead app that we have, providing the link for that. It's a way for people to order a signed copy and also the merchandise as far as a sweatshirt or t-shirt with Diamond's Mantra. Excellent. 
So we invite everyone to Euclid Public Library on Saturday, January 20th at 1.30 p.m. to see Diamond, get a signed copy of her book for a good fee, and of course, to purchase the t-shirt. Thank you, Diamond. Thank you, Darlene, for joining us today on Checked Out. Thank you guys for having us. And now, the news you cannot use. I've rarely seen balloons at Euclid Public Library, but there are no rules against them. That's not the same at Yonkers Public Library, just outside New York City. According to curlytales.com, a no balloon sign lets patrons know that they aren't allowed in the library at all. The sign is related to a citywide campaign to ban mass balloon releases. Well, you will not see the library closing because of balloons, but sometimes a snowstorm or power outage will close down Euclid Public Library for a few hours or maybe even a day. That's nothing compared with what Agnes Scott College's McLean Library dealt with recently. According to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the library was shut down for several days as employees tried to evict an owl that was perched in the rafters. The owl had fallen through a chimney on a Monday. The following Friday, a master falconer used a hydraulic lift to reach 50 feet up and capture the owl with a net before releasing it outside as students cheered. The owl promptly flew away. Thanks for listening to Checked Out. You can learn more about Euclid Public Library by stopping in or going to our website, euclidlibrary.org.